This is Saving Grace, Living in the Light of God's Love, a broadcast ministry of Grace Center for Spiritual Development and Grace School of Theology, a seminary to the world, committed to the truth of Scripture and life application through the lens of grace. And now, our program. Hello, I'm Carmen Pate. I'm your host for today's program. You know, God told Jeremiah the prophet in Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Well, this is one of many verses in God's word that affirms the value of the unborn in God's eyes. In Isaiah 46.4, God tells the children of Israel, Even to your old age I am he, and even to gray hairs I will carry you. I have made and I will bear, even I will carry and will deliver you. Again, this is one of many verses in God's word that affirms the value of the aged and his love and his care for them. We have no doubt where God stands on the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. But sadly, here in the United States, we have tremendous division regarding the value of life and whether or not it should be protected. Our guest today has worked tirelessly for many years to restore the value of life, and she is here today to share the hope that she has with our listeners around the world. Teresa Strzok is the Executive Director of Life First, a grassroots ministry whose mission is to change individual hearts and minds to make abortion and euthanasia unthinkable. Teresa is a graduate of Houston Baptist University and has given many years of her life volunteering in the pro-life movement until becoming the director of Montgomery County Right to Life in the state of Texas, where she served for seven years. Teresa then became executive director of Life First, which was launched in Texas in 2019. Welcome, Teresa, to Saving Grace. Thank you for having me. I'm just thrilled to be here. Love what y'all are doing here at Grace School of Theology and Saving Grace. Oh, thank you so, so much. Well, we appreciate you, and that's why we wanted to have you on today to share with the world uh, the wonderful work of Life First uh, that's here in Texas. You know, the life issue is no doubt an issue that resonates with people around the world. My prayer is that what you're doing here in the state of Texas could be replicated, and I believe that it could be, not only here in the states, but but globally. Uh, so let's start with your mission uh, to change attitudes about abortion and, euth- and euthanasia. So what is the approach of Life First in pursuing this attitude shift? Well, we pursue a three-pronged approach because of course, laws are great, but it's attitudes that undergird laws and judicial rulings. So it is all about uh, people's hearts and minds. So we pursue that again with a three-pronged approach of prayer. We call education inspiration, speaking to people's head and their heart, because we as humans make our decisions head and heart. And then our third prong is direct uh, care. Um, Okay, so so you have prayer, you have education and inspiration and, and direct care. Well, let's break that down. Uh, 
So I know you mentioned prayer is the first, and certainly that's something that all of us can do, (laughs) but you provide certain opportunities for people to come together and pray. Tell us about those. Yeah, we really believe prayer is at the forefront because in the end, it's God that changes hearts and minds. Amen. And so we have access four main ways that we kind of address the prayer and give people opportunities to pray. Number one, we really encourage people to pray as a pro-life organization to go outside the abortion facilities to pray and also be there to offer help and hope, direct people to the area pregnancy care centers. Because if you're not there outside the abortion facilities, Mm -hmm. a lot of those people are never going to know the resources that are there. You know, that prayer outside the abortion facilities kind of ties in with our third prong, direct care. You're doing both. Yes. But I always tell people, Jesus prayed and preached to people, but he also fed them. So we got to do both. Mm -hmm. So that kind of goes together. Be in prayerful presence, you know, outside the abortion facilities. You're affecting change in the spirit realm, but you're also there to help them with their natural mm-hmm. needs. Yes. Uh, another great prayer outreach that we have is we here in Texas in our Houston area where we're located, we are the local sponsor of 40 Days for Life. Oh, yes. 40 Days for Life is a fantastic international ministry yes, doing work all across the globe. And its premise is 40 days of concentrated prayer in the fall, 40 days of concentrated prayer in the spring. So we organize those local prayer vigils. Mm-hmm. And I always tell people, if you don't have a 40 days campaign visual going on in your area, start one. They're very easy. Yes. Sean Carney, his whole staff, they just have a great program all lined out, local campaign directors that will yes. help you. So avail yourself of the mm-hmm. great prayer ministry of 40 Days for Life. And I could say on that issue, uh, 40 Days for Life is global. Yes. Uh, so any anyone listening today could have opportunity to have that visual right there in their country. I think they're in over 60 countries. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. And if they don't have one in your country, just like if you don't want in your city, start one. <laughs> start one. That's right. And they were also connected as a local sponsor in our area with a ministry called Life Chain. Mm-hmm. Life Chain's been going on for, I think, over 35 uh, years. Yes, yes. Its premise is, is that they encourage participants to gather mm-hmm. along a busy thoroughfare mm-hmm. in your area on the first Sunday in October to do two things. You're there for a concentrated time of prayer for an hour to an hour and a half while you're standing about 15, 20 feet apart, creating a chain, uh, and you're holding approved pro-life signs. So they're positive signs uh, that they have approved. You can't just bring your own, so they control the messaging. But I am always amazed at when we're doing it, uh, how many cars slow down and read each of those successive messages. So it's a very simple uh, ministry that you can do with your family because it's along a sidewalk again. And you're accomplishing things again in the spirit realm because you're Mm -hmm. having that hour to hour and a half of concentrated prayer to end abortion. But you are at least once a year reminding Mm -hmm. your community of the loss of life and suffering Mm -hmm. that we as a nation continue you know, to allow via abortion. So very powerful, simple ministry. Go to lifechain.org and you can 
find out where the local one is for you. And again, if they don't have one, look at starting one. Yes. I guess all this information will be on the GOST EDU page. Yes, we will find the information website. about life change. Mm-hmm. Our fourth kind of outreach that we concentrate on is what we call Sanctity of Life. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple ministry. You can go to our website at lifefirst.org, mm-hmm. click on the prayer uh, picture there, the icon, and that opens it up to the ones I've already mentioned. But then if you scroll down, you get to Sanctity of Life. This is a ministry where you just sign up simply with your email, and once a mm-hmm. week you will get about seven uh, prayer points that you can pray over. It's an interesting ministry because through God's providence, we got connected with these these men mm-hmm. in uh, three different prison units. Oh. And, you know, men were created to be protectors of women and yes. children. But yes. a lot of these inmates had been perpetrators against women oh, and children. Yes. And we were connected with them via 40 Days for Life. They began mm-hmm. praying with us during the 40 Days for Life, these men in these units. And then they were so pumped up and felt so restored. They were telling us, I just feel restored in my position as protector, mm. praying through these prayer points during wow. 40 days, that then I just offered to them, well, uh, let us send you prayer points every Regularly. week. Yes. And they have done this now for four years. Uh, and we open it up again. If you go to our website, you can sign up to get those same prayer points mm-hmm. and be part of an amazing, unique prayer circle yes. of believers inside and outside the walls. Yes. So yes. that's a great, easy thing to do. It is. And it's something that can be done inside there are many people who can't go out in the elements uh, and to be able to join uh, but in their own home is such a great opportunity. Those are all just great. Well, you know, I'm particularly interested uh, and impressed uh, with Life First efforts to educate and inspire the next generation. Share with our listeners uh, the various projects that Life First has to reach those those young people. Yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, you get the next generation, you have the culture, you know. No doubt about it. And so this very important part of what we do, and a, and a lot of our stuff with the youth are particularly with that education and inspiration, capturing their hearts and minds. One of the great things we do are our pro-life student contests. I won't speak about those a lot because those are specific just to the state of Texas. Yes. But you can replicate these. Yes. Go yes. to our website. Website. We have five different pro-life contests ranging in age from third grade all the way up through 20, age 23 through college. Mm-hmm. Our first contest is a poster art contest. You get those little kids, third grade through sixth grade, just doing a, 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 a poster art, you know, drawing a picture uh-huh. about that every human life is beautiful. You're not even mentioning that age necessarily, abortion or euthanasia. Right. You're just getting them to do that essential recognition that God has created every every life with immeasurable value. Mm. So there's that contest. Then we go to an essay contest. There's an oratory contest, which is giving a five to seven minute speech. There's a fine art contest, junior high and senior high division. Most Mm -hmm. of the contests have a junior high and senior high division. And then we have our video contest. This generation is all about social media. Oh, definitely. And they're posting videos about everything. The longer ones on YouTube, short ones on TikTok and Instagram reels. And so the video contest has a wide range of 15 to age 23 where students create a 30 second to three minute video mm-hmm. all of our concept great cash prizes so again if you're in texas take part they launch again when the school term launches mm-hmm. again if you're outside of texas look at what we have and yeah. i will be glad to send you all the templates the flyers our rules you can just duplicate them in your area oh so there's no excuse we there's have. no excuse <laughs> and what i love about that too is is that these young people 
they have to do, particularly the teens, have to do a little bit of research if they're going to write an essay, if they're going to do an oratory uh, message, if they're going to do a video. And that, you know, we know the truth is what they will learn. Uh, So that gives them opportunity to learn how God sees the value of life, right? Yes. And before I go on to the other things we do with the youth, and I'll be very brief with this, I do want to uh, stress to you that I've had so many parents come to me and they said, I wanted Mary and Billy to do this contest. <laughs> but when I help them, because the kids aren't doing the constant vacuum, they're having the conversations with their parents and grandparents and siblings. We found that the adults and the students come out on the other side, uh-huh. both in more inspired and more knowledgeable to share the message more effectively. Yes. So these kinds of great tools. We also have a a, uh, a social media campaign that we launched mm-hmm. about a year and a half ago called When Does Life Begin? Uh-huh. Uh, it, we, there's a gentleman named Ben Shapiro here in the U.S. Probably worldwide people know Ben Shapiro. And he interviewed a young lady on his show about two years ago. She cited a study at the University of Chicago that found if you answer the question of when life begins from a scientific genetic standpoint, mm-hmm. it is the best way to move someone from an unsure or even a pro-choice position regarding the, the beginning of life and the value of life mm-hmm. over to a pro-life position. Mm-hmm. So we set up a survey site at youranswermatters.org where they just go and view great ultrasound videos that really make the truth that babies are living and have a full life and are fully human beings, even inside the womb. Mm-hmm. And But then we also, and the great points of information, but we also have three different social media sites, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, where daily content mm-hmm. is posted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So folks all across the world, because that's the great yes. thing with social media, no boundaries, right. can take part in When Does Life Begin through the YourAnswerMatters.org. Well, so and we'll have that. all of that on our website for our listeners. We'll make sure to include all of those links so that they can check it out. A great opportunity, as you say, to reach uh, those young people today who are all about social media. So that's awesome. I know we're well, kind of winding down. Let me just tell the third prong is pro-life scholarship on college campuses. So look into that also. All right. Uh, well, the third prong is is direct care. Yes. And, and so let's go back. What do you mean by direct care? And if you can share an example. Well, two things probably cover direct care. Number one, as I already mentioned, when you're outside praying, also come with resources. Mm-hmm. On our site, uh, we list the local pregnancy care centers and other mm-hmm. resources right in our area. But you can always go to optionline.org. Mm-hmm. That is a national site here in the U.S. I wish I had something for international folks, but you can probably find something you your nation, but here in the U.S., optionline.org, you put in your zip code, it's going to bring up all the pregnancy care centers. So that's one portion of direct care. You've mm-hmm. got to be at the point of need outside the abortion facilities yeah. where the hurting people are and where those decisions are being made. The second thing mm-hmm. for direct care is our community booths, and this mm-hmm. is something people can do wherever they are. Go set up a six-foot table, a foldable table in some busy area. Yeah. You know, Put out a fetal model uh, set and just start to have conversations with people. And so we do that. I was at an art fair once, and here's an example. This woman came up to me. She looked to be in her early 60s. There were some other people. I was working alone that day myself, and so she waited till everyone else had left, and then she leaned into me, and she said, do you have anything for someone who's had an abortion? Mm. She said, I had an abortion when I was 50. My parents made me do it, and she said, I had, it set me into a life of substance abuse Mm. and promiscuity, and she said, I have just come to the Lord. I 
know he's forgiven me, but I can't forgive myself. So I was able to love on her. She told me I was the first person she had ever told. So, you know, we give information to these community booths, but we're able to love on people like her. I was able to tell her about Healing Retreat and the great kind of wonderful post-abortive counseling that almost all of the pregnancy care centers provide. I don't know of us of a pregnancy care center that does not provide post-abortive help and then connect with some books. So that's an example of the direct care. Oh, that's that's beautiful. And that that is also uh, one of the success stories of of what you do day in and day out, really meeting people where they are, Mm -hmm. whether they are making a decision about a life, an unplanned life, or whether they have already made a decision that they regret. So that's a a beautiful thing that that Life First does. Well, you know, the United States Supreme Court here uh, just recently overturned Roe, which had legalized abortion for 50 years in America. The decision of whether or not abortion will remain legal was returned to the states where our Constitution here in the United States of America uh, had said the decision should remain all along. Uh, But the response across America reveals the great divide on the issue of life. It shocks people like us who are pro-life that people could be so divided. Uh, there have been protests and vandalism to pregnancy care centers, churches, state houses, etc. Uh, what impact will this decision have on the ministry work that you do through Life First? I think it's going to, of course, increase even more here in the state of Texas. Uh, and in every state, in every part of the world, uh, but particularly in the United States, I guess we're talking about the United States, we need to be outside again the abortion facilities even more because those young women and men will be going there. Uh, and we, if we're not there, you know, they're not going to get the help they need. So mm-hmm. we need to be out there. We need to be having the conversations even more because a lot of people that are frustrated and, and are angry right now, they haven't really thought deeply you know, about the issue. They're really, lots of times I find just parroting talking points that they've heard. And when you really sit down with compassion Mm -hmm. and true information about fetal development and about how we can care for both the woman and the child, we do not have to choose either or. Exactly. Compassion extends to both. You can quell some of those emotions, Mm -hmm. you know, and you can start to sway those hearts and minds so we can get to a nation that truly not only protects each human life, mm-hmm. but welcomes each human life mm-hmm. joyously. Mm-hmm. And that's where we need to get. And I do want to say that I do believe that it's not really a state's rights issue. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't abrogate our or give our our civil rights to the states to decide. Yes, yes. We don't say the states get to decide the right for freedom of assembly sure, or the right sure. to religion. It's a federal right. And the, and the right to life, of course, was the first mentioned in the Declaration of Independence and the first, well, mentioned again in the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. So it's going to be revisited uh, uh, by the Supreme Court. Oh, I'm sure it will. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, yes. Well, what would you say to pastors who are listening today who have chosen not to discuss abortion from the pulpit 
for the reason that they believe it is a just a political issue and that it will divide their church. Well, I want to encourage the pastors uh, to to uh, look at it differently. Of course, it has political ramifications because every major important issue is going to have some political ramifications. But truly, at the heart of this issue, it is an issue of compassion and it is an issue of our testimony of who God is. It's an issue of compassion because there is no other issue mm-hmm. with as much loss of life and suffering. Yeah. And it's an issue that does uh, kind of lead to maybe some difficult conversations. Mm-hmm. But who better than Christians who have the love of God spread abroad in our hearts yes. to, to, you know, to, to have those conversations, to have that compassion that's necessary oftentimes. And it's Christians that have the spirit of the Holy Spirit shed abroad that, that, can, that can lead and guide us in those conversations. Yes. So yes. we as Christians need to be at the heart yeah. of this issue. Yes, yes. And churches need to be at the mm-hmm. heart of this issue. And it's also very much part of our testimony yes. as Christians. Because I believe that abortion is truly one of the greatest disrespects toward God the mm-hmm. Father. Mm-hmm. It disrespects Him as Father. It disrespects Him as author and creator of life, yes. His essential nature. Yes. So when we stand up for the value of life, for yeah. his supreme creation, mankind, mm-hmm. yes. we are in fact glorifying him. No doubt about and it. And pointing people to him. Yes. So it yes. is very important that mm-hmm. that Christians and pastors mm-hmm. and churches are at the vanguard. We yeah. need to lead the way. Yes, yes, yes. And I have to say, personally, I was, uh, uh, you know, pro-choice for a number of years in my life, and it was a message on Psalm 139 that turned my heart around. So I think I, I am so thankful for that pastor who chose to stand firm and share the truth about the sanctity of life. And I pray other pastors will as well. Well, beyond speaking from the pulpit, what are some other ways that pastors and their congregations can can uh, get involved to help change the hearts and minds? Uh, they can get involved by, of course, you know, like I said, preaching to it. They can also just get involved in changing hearts and minds by uh, being compassionate and having services because, you know, there's lots of things people say that don't do what you say. I'm going to watch what your actions are. And so there's a great ministry called Embrace Grace that got started in our state in Dallas several years ago. Their vision is to see churches be the first place a pregnant young woman goes to, mm-hmm. not the last. Yes. And so, you know, churches need to have um, programs, you know, and services within their walls mm-hmm. that the people, the young women in, that, that get pregnant within the walls know they can get help and people outside the walls yeah. that they can go help to. And all those people watching mm-hmm. will see the churches, you know, yes. are acting with compassion. And not judgmental, but rather coming alongside them with resources and love and and help. Yes. Yes. And put into their uh, church information booths information about the social media campaign, Mm -hmm. When Does Life Begin, to give tools to their congregants so they can have those conversations. You know, I like to tell people that we all have a sphere of influence and we'll listen to social media influencers and sports figures and politicians, but in the end, it's our family and friends who's doing the most. So churches putting information about our When Does Life Begin 
again campaign and making available to people that people can sit in the comfort of their easy chair in their own living room mm-hmm. and share information with family and friends all across the globe that yes. could change them from a pro-choice position to a pro-life position. That's a very easy thing to do. Sure. Put out information about life chain and 40 days for life in your information booth. Put out information about our student contest. So be a point of compassion. Mm-hmm. Be a point of information and activities that people can find out about the mm-hmm. tools that they can have to more effectively share the truth. Yes, yes, yes. And I would I would encourage pastors to invite folks like yourself or directors of pregnancy care centers or or uh, leaders of Forty Days for Life campaigns to come and speak to their congregation, even if it's for a few moments, uh, so that there's that exposure because a lot of people go, you know, I didn't even know they were here, didn't even know they did those things. Yes, that uh, is a great. So it would be a, a big help, I'm, I'm sure. Great. Well, as I mentioned, I too, uh, uh, you know, am a woman who has experienced firsthand the pain and the regret of abortion. So I empathize with that young woman who has an unplanned pregnancy and feels that she has no option but to abort. How would you encourage her today? I would encourage her to know that there are so many resources out there. Uh, Again, optionline.org nationwide is a great place to start. Uh, So many churches do have wonderful programs. Mm -hmm. They'll provide you with diapers and emotional support and all kinds of things. The Catholic Church has a project called the Gabriel Project. Whether you're Catholic or not, you can call just about any Catholic church and can ask them for the Gabriel Project. They'll give you car seats and baby beds and all Mm -hmm. kinds of support. Mm -hmm. So I just want to encourage that young woman that there are folks that will love you and your baby. You do not have to take your baby's life to fulfill your dreams. You know, Mm -hmm. God is there to help you. Yes. You know, Christians are there to help you. People are there to help you. There's state funds, national funds. There's just so many resources available. There truly are, and I know there are some states, some cities that have safe haven mm-hmm. uh, laws, and, and people can uh, uh, even take a newborn to a local fire station. Uh, there are maternity homes uh, around the country where young women who have unplanned pregnancies can go and stay, not only till the baby's born, but sometimes up to the first year. So there are many, many opportunities, aren't there? And I just want to mention real quick as we close that we need to remind the young women that, you know, adoption is truly a loving option. Prior to Roe v. Wade, it was like 9% adoption rate, and now it's down to 2%. People Mm. started choosing abortion. Every year, there's estimates there's 1 to 2 million couples waiting Mm. anxiously Mm. to adopt a newborn. So adoption is a loving option. Oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful option. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Teresa Strzok, for this information today. Great discussion. I pray God will continue to bless your work and all that you do to change hearts and minds to make abortion and euthanasia unthinkable. It's a beautiful mission statement. And thanks to you, our listeners, I would like to say to the woman or the man who now regrets their abortion decision, God knows your heart and he sees your tears. He's ready to heal and restore your broken heart if you will just give it all to him. He'll welcome you with open arms, and I just pray that you'll turn to him today for that healing. 
We've included information about Life First and the links that have been mentioned here today on our website in our program notes at gsot.edu. That is gsot.edu. We've also included a list of resources for those with unplanned pregnancies and for the post-abortive woman. We are so glad that you've tuned in today to join us. We do pray that you will tell others about saving grace. And remember, the love of Christ can never be earned and can never be lost. You've been listening to Saving Grace. For more information about Grace Center for Spiritual Development or this program, visit our website at gsot.edu slash center or download the Grace app through your smartphone. Views expressed on this program may not always be the views of Grace School of Theology or its leadership.